Hello and good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Kanawha Valley Hustler podcast. It is May 16th, 2023. It's Tuesday. I like to say that's Transformation Tuesday because I think we're always transforming, changing, moving, adapting. And on that note, I just want to remind you that coming up next week, if you've got a network that's out of date, and by that I mean if it's five, six years old or older than that, it is almost certainly out of date, believe it or not. I know a lot of people don't think of their network as changing that much because of the simple fact that, uh, you know, you don't add to it that much. But over the last few years with all of the streaming and all the Internet uh, things, devices, things like that all over the place, networks are struggling now more than ever. So if you're looking to find out some of the latest information on networks and um and how to improve your network, how to boost your network. Uh, if you're looking, if you're doing new construction and looking to uh, install a new network, then you definitely want to come out to our uh, Extreme Network Commercial Bundle Lunch and Learn. That's going to be on Monday. And it's going to be at um, it's going to be right there at Recovery Bar and Grill. So the comments right there, the first comment, you can click on that. And you can come sign up and join us. I hope that you do, and I hope that you spend a little bit of time with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Coming up on the show today, I've got somebody pretty interesting, maybe a little bit controversial, my first politician. So I'm sure we're going to we're going to get along just fine and we're not going to dig into, you know, any anything too uh, too salacious, but I do want to have him on today because he's got a very interesting story and a very interesting not only an interesting background, but he's busy doing some very interesting things today that I want to touch on. So I want to welcome and bring up Joshua Higginbotham. He is the West Virginia coordinator for the CIEE. He is a registered lobbyist and a political consultant. So that's a lot of stuff. So all in one, Joshua, could you tell me, what's your hustle, buddy? Hey, Joe. First of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of things. Uh, first of all, I was in the state legislature for a really long time, spent most of my political, most of my career in the political policy world. Uh, and now that I'm no longer in office, uh, I am the coordinator for CIEE. That's the Council on International Education Exchange. Essentially, we're the organization that does all the coordinating for foreign exchange students from about 180 countries all over the world. And my job is to try to help them become welcomed in West Virginia, find them host families, get them schools uh, for these kids on J-1 student visas. I'm also a lobbyist, so I've I've uh, had some political uh, from lo- some lobbying clients that I've helped navigate state government, uh, and I do political consulting. So I've won, uh, of course, my own elections in the past, but I also help other candidates, other elected officials who I believe are good for West Virginia. I help them win elections and then stay in office to try to transform this state uh, as best we can. I'm really curious about your thoughts on that. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. I want to know what 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 you mean when you say good for West Virginia. I'm really curious about that. But I want to take a step back here for just a second and talk about the Council for International Education Exchange. I'm, I'm a little curious about that. How do you find host parents? I've always wondered, how do you find people that are willing to, you know, take these kids into their worlds and, you know, nurture them for a year? I know when I was a kid, we didn't host. A foreign exchange student, but we—I knew a lot of them, and we had some neighbors that did. So, how? What's that process like? Sure. Well, so there's a lot of people who uh, are already in our system. Uh, people will host a student year after year after year, 
And oftentimes they're parents of a single child who want their kids to have a, you know, a cultural experience, a cultural exchange. Uh, you know, uh, older people, we found a lot of grandparents whose kids have, have left the nest and grandkids have left the nest. They want to continue helping and giving back. So they seem to be pretty helpful. Uh, right now, I've been dealing with a lot of educators, a lot of teachers who want to, to continue doing that. Uh, uh, they want to continue helping students. Um, and then churches have been very, very helpful. Different uh, religious groups, uh, they'll put it in church bulletins saying we need volunteers for this. And the people from their congregation will come and uh, and, and approach me about it. So uh, it's a great opportunity. About 350,000 students have come to the U.S. in recent decades through CIEE, including my best friend from high school. That's how I got introduced to this. Uh, and, uh, you know, my connection to the community from my political past has uh, really, really come in handy for it. And do you find that kind of work rewarding? I do. I do. We actually had a student who was here last year from Ukraine. Uh, so he was in Putnam County. And um, uh, of course, the war broke out in the middle of the school year for him and he couldn't go home. So CIE helped him bring his entire family over here. They got his parents uh, a, a job here locally, got him enrolled in some schools, and he's actually got a full ride to a, a university out in California and uh, I'm trying to convince him to come to, to WVU or Marshall uh, or West Virginia State and uh, stay in the Mountain State. But he's got a few months to decide. Well, that's that's wonderful. That's yeah. very cool. So that's really cool that you're doing that kind of work. And I think a lot of people just don't know, you know, you hear about these types of organizations, you don't realize that there's actually people behind them doing this stuff and making the connections and working on them. So that's that's really wonderful that you're doing that. So let's let's dive into uh, the controversial stuff now. Whenever you talk about politics, you know, they always say you don't talk about politics and religion, and the most important things in people's lives are their politics and their religion. So why is that? I don't know. But I am curious. You said when you first started that your goal is to help people that want the best for West Virginia. So in your opinion, Joshua Higginbotham, what is the best thing for West Virginia moving forward? So it's the same reason today that it was 10 years ago when I got my start in politics. Uh, you know, I first decided to run for the legislature my senior year of high school, and I literally ran my first successful campaign out of my college dorm room at the age of 19, uh, the first race that I ever won. And uh, it was to keep young people here. You know, uh, so many folks I grew up with, they can't find jobs here that are uh, of high quality, uh, quality education, good infrastructure a community, a culture, uh, things to do. And uh, so they go elsewhere. So many young people that I know have just left. And we're slowly changing that back. Uh, when, you know, During the pandemic, we saw a net increase in our population, thankfully, a net migration to West Virginia. Um, and it's always the economy. It's always infrastructure. And it's always education. Those are the really, really big things that I focused on when I was in office. And um, I realized pretty early on that I couldn't just be there myself uh, to be one out of 100 votes in the House of Delegates. I had to help other people get elected to really make change. And that's why I've uh, been doing political consulting since the 2018 election. Now, is your, uh, is your consulting only for other West Virginians or do you consult uh, with some other states? So my network is primarily in West Virginia. So if there's a local candidate uh, that really needs help, maybe because I mean, there's a, a younger uh, county official who uh, approached me about helping him. I'm doing it pro bono. 
I'm not even asking them to pay me. Uh, if I think they're right for West Virginia, I'll, I'll try to help them. Um, I've got a few in other states. I've done some work in Florida, New Hampshire, and then now North Carolina, but most of my clients are in West Virginia um, for legislative races, county and local races. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a fun way to network with people. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm really curious about one thing I've always, always liked to ask politicians whenever I talk to them is how do you personally deal with like hot button topics every now and then? And it seems like it's happening more often and more often, but there's certain topics that become really hot button. If you become associated with them, people kind of, they kind of make a bunch of, um, uh, pre-existing kind of, they, they judge you, I guess would be the best way to say it. And they've got this preconceived version of you based on maybe what side of the aisle you're on or, and they've mm -hmm. never met you. So how do you deal with personally uh, these kind of really hot button topics, especially in today's world of social media, everything's limited to a few hundred characters and you can't really have conversations with people, but they're convinced that mm -hmm. they know who you are. So I go by the 10, 80, 10 rule. So 10% of people are going to love you no matter what you do. That's your friends, your family, your coworkers, your people you go to church with, you name it. 10% of people are going to hate you no matter what you do. And those are the people that your opponents go to church with, your opponents, family and friends, and your opponents, coworkers. And then the other 80% of people are going to judge you based on the quality of work that you put into to your job or your career or your community. Uh, and that's what I've tried to focus on is the 80% of people that actually care about what you do, not necessarily what uh, you say or their their preconceived notions about your stereotypes. So uh, oftentimes the loudest voices are the ones that people think are in the majority. And that's not true. Just because you have a crowd of, of a thousand people and you got a handful of hecklers does not mean that the majority of the crowd think uh, whatever that one loud heckler is saying. And I found that to be true on social media. You can tweet something that may be controversial on, on Twitter, but then you put it on Facebook and it's a whole other reaction. Put it on Instagram or LinkedIn, it's a completely different reaction. So it depends on what your audience is. It depends on what you have to say. Um, and the medium's uh, the message there, right? It is. It is. And you got to focus on that 80% of people who are looking at your performance. Awesome. Well, buddy... This has gone by way too fast. We're already bumping up against our time, but I do want uh, to give you a chance to leave us with. I always like everybody to give, if there's one small step, if, if somebody's involved in, if somebody wants to be involved in politics, whatever side of the aisle they're on, whatever issue they, re they really care about, they're really passionate about, what's one thing that someone could do today to be involved in, in politics and to make a positive change? Mm -hmm. So whether or not you want to run for office or lobby for an issue, regardless of whatever it is you want to do. There is one thing that I tell everybody um, to get you started, and that's find your group of people to get involved with. So, you know, you got to figure out who you want to be associated with. And then you go there and you volunteer your time. They're always looking for volunteers. And that's how you get your, your in to these groups. You volunteer your time because there's so much of a need for that. And you will connect with people. You will network with people, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, no matter whether you're a native West Virginian or you're, you're, you've replanted yourself here. It doesn't matter. It does not matter how old or young you are. Uh, if you volunteer your time and you get in those networks, it will help and you will have some influence among 
these people to make real change. And then you find a mentor, you find somebody who's been there a long time, even if they're younger than you, even if they haven't been as involved as you, if it's somebody who you think that you, that you can learn from, you latch onto them, volunteer for them, help them, and uh, uh, it'll pay off and, and you will see fruits of your labor grow. Awesome. Um, great yeah. advice. Great advice for anybody wanting to get involved. Hang on for just a second. Don't go anywhere just yet. I'm going to say goodbye and then we'll wrap up offline. Hey, I want to thank you all for watching. Thank you, uh, Josh, for popping on here today and talking to us a little bit about politics, a little bit outside of uh, what we usually talk about. But hey, that's great. And would love to talk to anybody else if you've got any other politicians or people involved in politics that you think uh, would be great for the show. Reach out to me. Send me a message. Would love to have them on. Love to speaking with everybody. So one last quick reminder about the Lunch and Learn coming up next week. We're going to be talking about Extreme Network's commercial bundle. That's going to be at Recovery Sports Bar and Grill right in downtown Charleston on May 22nd. Go ahead and sign up. Use the link in the um, use the link in the comments, and hope to see you there. Until tomorrow, have a great day, and we'll talk again real soon. Bye bye for now.